Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Luke and Pete Show. The Luke and Pete Show with the Luke and the Pete. Hello, Hello. I'm Pete. Hello, the Pete. Hello. I'm the Luke. I've just had to change uh, headphones because uh, Jim Campbell of the Football Ramble, you might be aware of his work, uh, he's got a really small head turns out. It's just like a vice grip on my head again. He doesn't do much work. What's going on? He won't listen to this. How, so does, he, how, does, he has, uh, how does he have room for his... Uh... Head. What? How does he have room for his head? How do you have room for his head? How does he have room for his thoughts? How, how does he have room for his head? <laughs> Pete, He's a competent um, stand-up. How does, it, does he just put like a vice on top of his head and just let it all come out and then that's his show? Um, if you've seen him, maybe that's exactly what it's like. I don't know. It's like that Mitch Hedberg joke where, thing where he holds the microphone with the, with the cable. Right. And he pinches it. This is if I pinch this for a couple of minutes and let go, all the jokes come out at once. <laughs> uh, but, What's your favourite Mitch Hedberg joke? Uh, I really like um, his bit about when he says... Um, escalators can never be out of order. Yeah, yeah. They, they can only become stairs. temporarily stairs. And then he, and the way, but he raises the lines. He says, um, "The this this escalator is temporarily stairs." <laughs> Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one about the Dufresne's in the restaurant where he's like, uh, uh, "Party of four, the Dufresne's, the Dufresne's," and then they just move on to someone else. Like they're in a restaurant and yeah. and, and like they can't find the Dufresne's, and it's like, and they just move on to the next picture. It's like, who can eat at a time like this? <laughs> Where are the Dufresne's? <laughs> <laughs> I also really like it when he says, um, he starts with a joke by saying, I used to take a lot of drugs. I mean, I still do, <laughs> but I used to as well. <laughs> I like when he's uh, got one of those um, f- uh, fake cans that you keep um, like money in and stuff. Yeah. Like, and you put it in your yeah, cupboard and yeah. it's like a secret kind of um, hideaway money for money drugs and, and money and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, uh, oh, can I use this? My friend's around my house and he says, uh, can, can I use this... Uh, Kind of for breeze, and he goes, "Yeah, if you want to spray your clothes with documents." <laughs> <laughs> oh, there Mitch we Hedberg. go. I, uh, he didn't do much work before he died. Very sad. He'll rest his soul. I miss that guy. He's decent. Um, how have you been, Luke? You all right? Very well, thank you. Mm. Uh, back with episode twenty-two. Ever- I tell you what, episode twenty-one, or, ha- or or how it will forever be known, um, the battery show. <laughs> I've never see. I've never received, for obvious reasons, so many pictures of batteries. <laughs> you sub- actually, there's one person that would be surprised to hear that. It's for you. <laughs> I, you well, call them cells. cells. You're serious about batteries. Cells. Uh, well, nowadays, it's nice to see a branded battery because nowadays um, batteries aren't replaceable. Electronics aren't generally serviceable. So to see uh, a little battery compartment with a uh, non-union battery that's not Duracell or Everready or any of the big boys, uh, it's quite nice because everything's like lithium batteries. Everything's flat. Everything's recharged. And those lithium uh, batteries, if you stab them, they go up. Oh, they go Do big they? and they explode. We wouldn't recommend yeah. that. Very dangerous. Leave Very that dangerous. to the professionals. Mm. Um, if you haven't heard episode 21 and you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, that's your own fault. Stop immediately and go back and listen to 21 Why now. start with this one? Um, but um, 
Yeah, so these non-branded batteries we were talking about, so many people got in touch on yeah. Twitter. I retweeted so many photos of people's remote controls into our timeline. Um, and I've actually, and we got a lot of emails as well. Okay. And so before, before we get into It's Been, and we've mm. got a bit of a surprise on that front. Yes. Which, that's, that's very exciting. We'll come on to that in a moment. Um, I, I've got a little uh, collection here of people's different brands of batteries. Do you want, do you want to bang through them? Yeah, I'll do them real quick. I mean, there's, there's, so the, basically, these are batteries that people have found in their remotes, in their headphones, anything with, uh, that requires yeah. a, a double A. Yeah. Uh, and there are some interesting brands. Um, Callum's got in touch with some new ultras. New ultra, that's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds a bit right wing, but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll leave that on there. Mike Branner found some Japan techs. Japan tech. They yeah. basically went right. What's really technological advanced? Uh, Japan. Technology advanced. Japan. Matthew had some active energy in his remote. As okay. did Shane. Andy had some Shen Kangs in his soundbar. Shen Kang. That's Chinese, isn't yeah. it? And a load of people, including Justin, have found uh, some Mustangs. Mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> open road well, with, some ever- <laughs> with some double A's. I think of a, I think of it as a horse. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, my favourite is Jimmy Lin, who discovered some super heavy duty high watts in here. <laughs> I mean, that is a battery that does not muck around. Shouldn't be high. Should should have the normal wattage, to be honest. Yeah, no. High should have watt. the normal ampage, normal voltage. We should have the normal amount that an AA should supply. A lot of them feel like they've been named by Google Translate. Don't they? <laughs> Have you seen those really cool um, double? Let's talk batteries. Yeah. Uh, those really cool double A's that came out probably about six years ago now. That um, you could just flip the top off and plug it into a USB uh, port. That's a very good idea. Nice. I can't. I haven't seen that. A but little I, It makes perfect sense. Yeah, a little rechargeable. Uh, so a, apparently, a prison trick is to um, leave them on the radiator whenever you're not using them. Right. And that prolongs the life. How does it? So if you're if you've got them for say like a trans like a wireless radio, a transistor mm. radio or something, if you're not using the radio at that specific time so you're going to bed or you're going to sleep or whatever Keep my I think I think people pop, I think prisoners always used to pop them on um, radios so they don't dry out I don't know what I don't know what the science behind it is but apparently it works a treat I mean dangerous because I mean if they overheat they will probably Explode. leak probably, probably more likely to leak that way I guess and also um, that's how you start fires pretty uh, pretty well have you ever charged batteries in a prison <laughs> get in touch have you ever attached the positive to the negative and uh, set fire to something maybe yeah. your cell Maybe you started a prison riot with one. <laughs> Please get in touch. Please get in touch. Hello at lookingpicture.com. Yeah. Um, should we do the It Spins now? Let's, should we do the It Spins now? Well, it is a bit of a surprise. Uh, Luke, uh, you probably want to fill people in on this, so shall we listen to it first? Yeah, let's listen to it first. Okay, right. Off my mobile phone. All right, dude, see you later. See you later. Oh, just audio. It's audio, yeah, yeah. Luke and Pete, Stephen Page here, wishing you a very merry It Spin. <laughs> that is the man himself doing the It's Been Jingle for us. Um, especially Incredible. For Luke and Peter. So the way that comes from, my, my friend Tom. Do you know Tom Wally? Yes, I uh, know of him. So yes. Tom Wally, he's a, he was, I think he's currently a producer on uh, Huey Morgan's Six Music Show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I yeah. think he worked with uh, Laverne. Yes, I do know Tom, yes. Yeah, nice he worked, guy. worked with John Hillcock as well, who we both know. Yes. He, anyway, so he gets in touch with me uh, over the weekend and said, oh, you never guess who I'm with. And I was like, who is it? And he said, oh, it's this guy. And I uh, said, so please get an interview. And Tom's really good at that sort of stuff. So he mm. just went straight out to him and got him to do it. And apparently he was really nice about it. Um, <laughs> what I, I, I like be- to think the bare naked ladies have had a long career being that slightly kind of geeky. They, they know their place, I think. And it's always refreshing to see a band yeah. that know their place. Um, I think so. Nickelback are a good example of a band who are uh, vilified, criticised, laughed at, but they don't seem to care. And I really like that about them. I've probably mentioned this on the show before. I think yeah. they're, they're, they're quite charming because they go, look, Whatever, we, yeah. we're selling out stadiums. Yeah. We're getting all the things that, we, that rock stars get. But if you want to laugh at us, knock yourselves out. I don't care. Yeah. You know? 
I think it's fine. Look at this I, photograph. Right. And I think that's right. Right. And, and Stephen Page, who, who the guy, I don't think he's in Bare Naked Ladies anymore, but he did sing what? that line. Okay, right. So it does count. <laughs> um, but I, I like it. I, I'm ple- I'm, I, what I should be saying here is, of course, you know, Stephen Page is a huge fan of the Luke and Pete show. Yeah, of course. He's obviously going to do the jingle for us at some point. Well, the, the way he sort of went, it's, it's audio? Yeah, he, he definitely knows what we're all about. <laughs> but I, the only thing, thing I would have liked to have changed about that would have been getting you and him in this studio. And, and having, having an It's Spin off. Yeah. It's Spin. No, that's boring. It's Spin. That's good. That was a good that's one. Right, yeah. yeah. I haven't done it for a while. That's why. That's why. So I'm going to get back to Stephen Page and say, you know what, probably not going to use that. We've got, we've got someone in the studio to do that for us. Maybe I could join the Bare Naked Ladies on stage just for that so- the song. I would like to see that. If any yeah. of the management of Bare Naked Ladies want to get involved. But I've just realised we're not doing it, Spin, because it's an email special this week. Well, that's all right. I mean, okay. a little cheeky little bit of it, Spin. That's how we always start the show. It's the loosest of themes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, what have we been doing this week? I, I went to um, uh, Portugal and I oh, yes. sent you a picture of a lot of batteries. Do you know where that picture was taken of a bin full of batteries I used it for the uh, profile picture on mm. Twitter for a bit go on uh, it was in a McDonald's huh they say on the continent uh, you're allowed to drink you're allowed to drink in McDonald's you're allowed to beer but you can also dispose of your batteries safely but there was just so many different brands in there which I got really excited about I appreciate you sharing the, the picture <laughs> right. so that's your takeaway from Lisbon is it a lot of batteries, lot of batteries. I also went to a puppet museum as well Okay. That was pretty exciting. Um, I mean, don't go to a puppet museum on a hangover because there are some monstrosities there. I'm showing you some now. There's a mm. weird kind of one with 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 a moustache. Um, I, I mean, I'm showing you one there. Yeah, that's that's a bit racy. Slash I think, racist. I think if I went to that puppet museum on a hangover, that would it would upset me. Yeah, I'm showing you now one that's a skeleton uh, puppet that. Uh, uh, the man who crafted this particular puppet clearly had never seen himself in a mirror. He's never seen another being. body. <laughs> never seen a human body because he doesn't have... It, it's a really stocky kind of like... It looks like he's got dwarfism, I guess. Yeah. But, but really long legs. Uh, so, yeah, very strange indeed. I also went to the Communications Museum and found out all about uh, the, uh, the, 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 the burgeoning um, 18th century uh, Portuguese post office and how that worked. Interesting. No. Not really, no. no. Um, I had to go on a rotary phone, though. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. That's an arse on, isn't it? That's a right old arse on. And do you know that's why uh, the emergency number in the United States is 911? Because the first Quicker. one's... Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Because 999's a right old yeah. pain in the behind. And someone was telling me, it might have been someone I used to work with who was a bit older than us, said that um, they visited a, a distant family member or something mm. and uh, they, the, um, the family member in question had a... Not a ridiculously old rotary phone, but like mm. an old house phone in the house. And my, this colleague of mine said that their daughter, I think, mm. didn't know what it was. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Kids who will go up to Italian think it's a touchscreen. Everything's a touchscreen in their lives. Yeah. And apparently you can always tell um, who, uh, if you're a millennial, I guess, and younger... Uh, you will turn the lights switch off. I think with your, your thumb, thumb, yeah, I heard rather that, than yeah. your rather than your finger. I heard that, but I heard it with doorbells. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go with their thumb rather than their finger. They probably don't even know what a doorbell is. You, because when was the last time you actually had to ring a doorbell? You, you're usually texting someone, going, "I'm outside." Yeah, my, um, I'm downstairs. My house has got a doorbell, right? And, right, um, busty. The people who deliver things to my well, let me let me get this right. The people who deliver the things my wife buys off the internet, yes, um, you'll always use a doorbell. So. <laughs> Um, apparently, there's a new Amazon thing that uh, you can have uh, an app connection to your door lock, uh, and Amazon can basically. There's, so there's a camera that sits behind the door. It's a really kind of complex kind of answer to a very simple uh, question. Just leave it in in the on the porch or whatever. But anyway, um, so Amazon are delivering something, 
um, they have a connection to your door, your front door, basically, on an app. On I'm not Amazon interested app. in that. No. So they, they swipe, they open the door and leave your, um, leave your product inside the door so it doesn't get stolen. That is absolutely ridiculous. Why is that really ridiculous? Well, because half the people who deliver Amazon Prime packages is just a bloke in a car. Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, he'll have access to he'll have access to it. But the thing is, the the the, the camera starts rolling, so you can see if he's been a naughty. Oh, one. so after he commits the crime, you can definitely catch him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so the, the, the upsides of this are it's marginally more convenient than going to your own front door. Yeah, I don't think that anyone's going to be uh, no. u- utilizing it. To it's not honest. a problem that needs to be solved. No, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the Who's that in my house? It's the Amazon man. Too many people are solving problems that don't need to be solved. Well, it's like, it's, it's like the, uh, the the big news story um, last week was um, all about the Airbnb um, NHS room. Yeah, thing. and you're like. No. Well, <laughs> like, I, I saw... I don't know who's going to be up for that, and the only people who would be up for that are ne'er-do-wells. Right. You're thinking remember, about yourself, then? Well, remember the stink that was the, the, the black cabs uh, kicked up about the, uh, about the Uber drivers and stuff like mm. that, and I understand why they wanted to demonise the Uber drivers. Uh, there's a big cup of racism in, into the bargain as well. But I would say that uh, the, the, the Airbnb... It only takes one um wrong to let a, a, a vulnerable person in the house to to um ruin it for uh, the government yeah for the government i saw i saw a lot of pr gaff around airbnb the other day mm. and it was something along the lines of oh not content with their current business model of how they work and i'm mm. sure everyone listening will know how they work so i don't need to explain that they're now thinking about building and it was something like a bespoke building with individual rooms <laughs> hotel like, what hotel a hotel <laughs> it's not a new event. Listen, Silicon Valley, that is not a new invention. <laughs> you ca- you know what you came from. Yeah. You know why that exists. I uh, I did stay in a couple more Airbnbs. I tell you what, my Airbnb profile is insanely good at the moment. It really, really is. I'm so pleased with uh, how that's gone. Can I shock uh, you, Pete? What? I've never used Airbnb. What? Never. It's so much cheap. Especially in America. You go to America. Uh, well, maybe you still Yeah, so I don't need it. My then. family. But um, yeah. I've never used it, mate. Never. Never. Nope, not once. The best ones are ones where they just leave the key in a lockbox and you never need to talk to anybody. Yeah, I don't but... like the ones who sort of are in the house when you get there and they go, and, don't here, touch that, and yeah. here are the great restaurants. And what I've noticed is um, there's always a vintage radio in an Airbnb. There's always like a 1970s Eastern Bloc radio in an Airbnb, certainly in Central Europe I've always found. It's weird, strange. So uh, we, we talked before about how you don't like staying at a guest house because it feels like you're staying at someone's house while they're there. Yeah. But I quite like the sort of um, the hospitality side of it, so I don't mind. Yeah, I don't. It. I don't want to. Be, I don't want anyone looking me in the eye, sort of saying, eyeballing me, saying, "Don't do what you're going to do." Do the unspeakable here. things you've done in that room, yeah. um, <laughs> mate. In my it's been. I um, I think I told you this. I, I've I've um, I ran the Great South Run on Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yes. Did you do Did you do some frubing? Good. What does that mean? The, the, the frubing the, the the energy gels. Oh, the jam bombs. You kept messaging me that. I didn't know what you meant. Yeah. Oh. Um, no, is that my that is my life? Just people going. Oh, it's probably something from the north. Yeah, sometimes I don't know what you mean. Yeah. And I, I feel awkward about saying it, but yeah, um, yeah it was a, it was an ordeal. To be honest, <laughs> but the first sort of um, so my so I'll, I'll put it out there for everyone in case anyone cares. I'm not a very fast runner, but I used to be quite a consistent, like, dedicated runner. So I used yeah. to run three used or four times quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my my record, my personal best for the Great South Run, which is ten miles, was one hour twenty four, which is not too bad, right? And I knew I was in nowhere near that sort of shape this time round, and it was last Sunday. Mm. hadn't any training at all. And obviously, you can get away with that sort of thing when you're in your mid-20s or whatever, but now I'm not in my mid-20s. So it was interesting to see how it would have, how it would have panned out. And um, so for the first few miles, I was thinking, that if I can get this done in an hour and a half, 
the last sort of half a mile so I can up the pace and just have a nice strong finish and get under an hour and a half. Anyway, to cut a long story short, by about mile seven, I was like, just finish. Just finish <laughs> this without stopping. And it's the only thing I can take away from oh, the whole wow. process is that I was able to run it without stopping. But beyond that, it was a pathetic performance. Oh, what was your time in the end? One hour 36. That's all right, isn't it? I mean, 12 minutes slower. So? Yeah. I mean, it's, two, it's, it's an hour and a half. If you said, oh, the new I don't know, Batman film is 12 minutes longer than the last one, you'd be like, oh, I could probably stomach that. Yeah, I suppose. It's good if it's a good run. It. Good way of looking at it. <laughs> you, could, you could have watched, um, the amount of time it took me to run that great stuff run, you could have watched one feature-length movie. Well, but not, to me, not nowadays, though. Well, depends. They're getting longer and longer. People want uh, their, their, their pound of flesh. Well, that's why Dunkirk was so interesting, right? Yeah. Enjoyable. I, I was talking to, uh, I think I uh, might have mentioned it before, Billy Corgan's got some very strong feelings about the fact that uh, the, the studio system, uh, film was very expensive back in the day. Films were only hour and a half, hour and 20, and you could just sit down, watch it, enjoy it, beginning, middle, end, get out. Yeah. I, I, I have no stock in long films. That said, I have watched Blade Runner a few times. Oh, now. you the liked new, it? The new Blade Runner. Yeah. I liked I, it a lot. I still haven't seen that. Um, my take on the film thing is that there's just too many of them. <laughs> so if, if to me it seems absolutely impossible how many films there actually are and if if, if it was say limited to two a month <laughs> I would be able to watch all of them well, I wouldn't I, care how long they were I never understand how because you're, you're a pretty good example is that you consume a lot of media and read a lot of books and I don't know how you do it in the time that you maybe you don't have a video game system in your life I've just got one I mean, I've just got yeah I've just got what did you buy what, what game did you buy with it? Uh, Overwatch Overwatch and, okay. um, I mean bearing in mind you've probably never used a, played a twin stick shooter before Jumping straight into the most competitive video game. It's like me uh, go start. I don't know. I'll take up a spot. What'll it be like? Murder ball or something like something really. <laughs> well, you said the entry level's quite high. Yeah, I mean, like you're going to go online, you're going to get shot the blip up. Well, when you just described the format of game that it was, I didn't understand it. <laughs> Twin stick shooter. Yeah, uh, but my wife wanted to buy Overwatch. My wife. We got it, and I got FIFA 18, obviously, because I'm a bloody bloke. Mm. Um, but generally speaking, the, the the answer to your question about the media and the books I consume is uh, the short answer to that is that I am fiercely intelligent. Right. Okay. And so I'm able to do it. Yeah. No, I'm just busy. I don't actually read that many books. It's not. It's not. It's not. That, it's not that true at all. Say you do. Pass notes. Of course I do. Yeah. yeah. Pass notes. Yeah. Pass notes. I. Uh, uh, I've got some... that skim reading app. <laughs> the, the world's most successful people apparently use. Ter- it sounds dread. It just sounds like. Have you got time to be alive? No, then do <laughs> yeah. this. Use this bloody app. Make think, everything miserable. Think reading's one of gr- life's great pleasures. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Read as many as you can. Drink as your medicine. As now. Drink your medicine. Yeah. Um, I interviewed uh, Andrew Garfield about his film Breathe. Not heard it's of it. Dreadful. It's about the bloke who had um, who contracted polio when he's very young. In, oh, I have heard of it. Block, so, and he, so Pete, he made some um, some amazing um, wheelchairs that okay. had, had an integrated compressor um defibrillator whatever the lung thing they use okay if you interview someone like that a big name yeah they're in a movie you do not like the movie yep how do you approach it i well there are two schools of thoughts uh you can sort of either um mention a very specific part of the film love the lighting this love this (laughs) okay right love the cinematography right uh or i loved your performance i go the third way and just lie (laughs) Andrew I thought this film was great even though it was hackneyed uh, sub uh, Hallmark Channel Dross directed by uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings (laughs) yeah Yeah. don't say that though dreadful but have you ever been in the situation where but but you know when you see a film where the main actor's been let down by the script 
uh, the, or, or the, just the, the storyline or, or the film itself. Yeah. I, I do think, I've, I've seen a few films lately where the script hasn't been worked on hard enough or it's, or it's really ill-willed uh, or ill-tempered and, 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 and people just, good actors um, can fall short. But, do, but, do you, but have you ever been in a situation where you've known it's a bad film, the actor's known it's a bad film, but you've all got to carry on with this charade. Just this charade, yeah. I think that's I think that's implicit in all of those kind of junk. Okay. So, yeah. I remember, uh, Steve Coon, when I interviewed Steve Cooney, he said, um, I have been in this room before when I've been plugging a crap film. Uh, he yeah. said, luckily, this is not one. Okay, right. <laughs> okay. And was that a good film? That was Alpha Papa. So, oh, I, mean, okay, that, fine. I mean, that was a good yeah, film. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, have, you got, have you got another siege to go to? That's my favorite line. <laughs> um, should we do some emails? All right, let's do some emails. Because that is literally about 20 minutes of preamble. Well, which is our thing, really. It's the Luke and Pete show, not the listener and listener show, is exactly. it? Exactly. Fuck you, listeners. Yeah. Um, are you paying, I, I are you paying fees for uh, recording studios? I think not. Can I open this um, particular part of the show um, with. Uh, we haven't done a jingle. Do you want to do a jingle? Let's do it here. That was a jingle. There we go. You can't deny that was a jingle. You can't, you can't um, deny. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to start with this email from Elliot Castle, if you don't Ooh. mind, Peter. I don't know if okay. you've seen it. Um, he says, Hello, Luke and Pete, long time listener, first time emailer. Um, the only, he says, I love the show, but the only downside uh, would be a recent pod in which Pete's complete lack of local Hollywood Hartlepool film trivia knowledge came to the fore. Right, okay. Ridley Scott, we talked about him about three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Ridley Scott was indeed born in South Shields, yeah. but spent a lot of his time around Teesside yeah. with the local steelworks at night being a major inspiration to the start of the original cult sci-fi classic Blade Runner. Yeah, coming over the Transporter Bridge. 
Right, okay. So I, I didn't I didn't mention that because it's it's obvious. It's a story he's repeated. And also, to be honest, um, Ridley Scott changes his bloody story every time he talks about Blade Runner. He's like, oh, this is the inspiration. Oh, oh does he really? Okay. He's chatting to my lady. Your face was the inspiration for Blade <laughs> yeah. Runner. Well, listen, Whoa. the quote that um, Elliot's included is from, from, from Ridley Scott is, is here. Mm. There's a walk from Redcar into Hartlepool. I'd cross a bridge at night and walk above the steelworks. So that's probably where the opening of Blade Runner comes from. It always seemed to be rather gloomy and raining. And I just think, God, this is beautiful. You can find beauty in everything. And so I think I found the beauty in that darkness. So you saying then, that you And knew then that? my dad in the chemical work shouts, oh, are you fucking out? You wanker. Wanker. <laughs> Get off my crab. I'll open you up like a chrysanthemum. <laughs> um, get off my crab. Get off my crab. Um, so you're saying you already knew that? I did already know that. I, I didn't yeah. say that because uh, Ridley Scott um, is a, he's very chatty about his films, isn't he? He's kind of like he's very kind of like, oh, this was inspiration for this, and then he makes the last three films that have been pretty dreadful. From I, I think Scott. I think if I was someone who had a, and I agree, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, um, but if I, I think if I had a body of work of that quality. I probably would make loads of stories about that. <laughs> Why not? You know what I mean? What's, who cares? Yeah, it? it's true. No, true. no one cares. Incre- I mean, it, his uh, track record is incredible. Like, it's yeah. safe for the ones he's made in the last five years. I didn't think... Um, what's the movie you made fairly recently? Because Prometheus looked great, but it wasn't very good. Mm. And the one after that is called Covenant. And I actually thought yeah. that was a bit better. Yeah. I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. But I'm a sucker for that because I'm the right age range for that. I used to love Aliens movies, Alien movies when I was a kid. But that's why they're kind of like reboot. Like that, ever since, um, like they're rebooting all these films from Terminator to even bloody Starsky and Hutch and the A-Team and those kind of like yeah. cash-in Baywatch and stuff like yeah. that. It's dads taking their kids or mums taking their kids because it's the TV show they watched when they were when they were when they were Ben, and it's kind of like double double bubble. It's quite a cynical move. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah okay. and there's there's no, there's no craft, there's no art, there's no love for the. Uh, the, the characters, I think. John, John Woo said about Hollywood. He said, Woo. Hollow- I love it if you had, that's how you had to pronounce his name. That'd John be great. Woo! He said, uh, Hollywood's not in the business of making art, it's in the business of making money, and it occasionally makes art by mistake. That's what he said. <laughs> that's fair, dude. Have you got an email? Uh, I've got an email uh, from um, Jim Stittle. Yo, Stittler. Uh, after listening to Luke talk about the cats of Istanbul, I remember that uh, Peckham has its very own colony of feral cats that live in the car park off Rye Lane. Oh, I've seen this. It's near Peckham. where I live. Are they, yeah. are they fat? Well, I presume so. They're fed by locals and they help to keep mice and rats away from the butchers and the fishmongers, etc. I, no, I, still, I read a story about them a while back where they were worried about them because they were getting fat because everyone was feeding them. Right, okay. Um, and I think they might be getting diabetes or something like that. <laughs> I'm being serious. I <laughs> what are they feeding them with? God knows. Uh, they even have a number of cat homes that are stacked in one corner of the uh, car park. So that very much is like what Istanbul is. is it, and they have little houses and little bits of food out for them and water and everything. Yeah, okay. So it sounds similar. It's, it's in, the, in like the 70s and 80s, um, I remember the 80s in particular, you would see stray dogs. You don't see strays anymore. It's fascinating. No. Why, um, why, why not strays? It's, it's a good question. The strays in Istanbul had tags on their ears, the dogs. Yeah. So I guess so they were registered strays, which seems to be a bit of a conflict of <laughs> contradiction in terms. But I've obviously got two cats myself, so I don't need any stray uh, cats around. Well, um, speaking of uh, people who, who don't necessarily have the most uh, conventional of lives, either feline or human, um, Street Heroes, do you want a couple of more Street Heroes? Oh, yeah, good idea. Of, uh, I, 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 is a rich seam, and I, I do enjoy them. Charles, hello, Charles. Uh, following on your thread of uh, local heroes, I want to talk to you about um, the South End legend that is Penny Picker Steve. Okay. He's uh, a bearded middle-aged gentleman who used to wander South End High Street wearing a high-vis jacket and carrying a bucket. As his name suggests, he'd meander up and down the high street both during the day and at the late evening when students would be out at the local nightclubs. He was such a local phenomenon that uh, upon seeing him, drunk clubbers would throw their loose change at him. 
not necessarily the most dignified image in, in, in the world for no. either parties. Uh, but he would put all the money in his bucket. Uh, everyone assumed he was hard up or homeless. However, one day I was having a pint in the last post and saw him there more than a few pints down. Homeless people and people who live on the street are, are on their uppers. Are allowed a beer. Are allowed a beer, you know. Yeah. Also, I mean, how dangerous is that? I mean, it's hard to think of a more dangerous environment in the UK. Than South End. What? <laughs> South End when the nightclubs are chucking out. That's all right, isn't it? No way. People, I, I never get this. I think that the, the, the more notorious the town, the more fun it is, the more kind of honest it is. You know, people aren't in the West End of London trying to pretend there's something they're not. I'm in Hartlepool. I'm in bloody Bar Paris yeah. or the gas showroom that used to be a literal gas showroom, a gas fire showroom. It's a smell or, of gas. Say again? It's still smell of gas. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's they a just, smoking bag. They just hacked off the top of the, uh, of the pipes. Uh, or uh, possibly, um, God, what's the bloody disco place? Can't remember. The disco place is built in a bar, Paris. That's incredible. It's doing it. Loons, loons. Oh, How could you forget loons? How could I forget loons? But, but you're speaking like a man with a true addiction and passion for indie clubs. I, I know. We've we've been through this. I attended a couple in Lisbon. They were a bit more cultured. They played a little bit more arcade fire and a little less libertines. But I'm I I, I need to reiterate. I'm not on the chase for ladies or men or anything. I just want to have a good time. You're not on the chase for sweet vibes, man. <laughs> sweet grooves. I'm just. I'm not quite at the moment where I want to sit with a glass of. Bloody whiskey or a or a or a real ale or something in a high backed armchair looking at the world go by. Do I want to be that world, man. Do not I want to be there. Making go... young people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> do not go quietly into that night. <laughs> rage, yeah, exactly. rage against the dying of the light. Exactly. Pete, you, you um do you still wear this skinny tie and sort of jacket combo as well? No, I don't. And, and the uh, I've never por- done that. The pork pie hat? No, I wear my weekend suits. <laughs> okay. We... Wear my weekend suits. I have no weekend suits, clean mother. <laughs> Uh, so apparently the, uh, the the guy who collects all, like, all those coins, apparently he used to make up to £500 a night doing this. I don't, I don't believe I don't that. that. No, I don't buy that. All I'm saying, Pete, I completely take your point about the lack of pretentiousness around a provincial town on a mm. night out. I get all that. I and mean, you can have a great time. Of course you can. But I do think those towns can be more punchy. Yeah, but just, just well, maybe you're more punchable well, than the rest. I mean, you're certainly what, more visible. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember sort of going out um, when I was in Leicester with this Welsh bloke who my, who moved in with my mate, and he was like this ex kind of steroidy guy who uh, was like who would take you down the gym and teach you how to use all the machines and stuff, and then he'd sort of um, wax lyrical about you know. They say like uh, steroids, they, they they shrink your balls and stuff. But you could say that about anything. You say that about ibuprofen, that does the same thing. And it's like, is it? Yeah, oh, sure it's, no, it's definitely definitely steroids, mate. Uh, so he's definitely an ex-juicer or possibly a current juicer. Um, but he, uh, whenever you'd go out with him, he would be a target for wrongans because he was big and muscular right. and he clearly could handle himself in a fight. I just think fighters attract fighters. And lovers attract lovers, yeah. Luke. And we all know what we are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we attracted each other. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't buy the £500 night business. No. I, 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 like, I like the sound of this geezer, but I don't, like, I don't buy that he's that wealthy off the back of it. I, I sort of wonder about the... We'd club. all be doing it, mate. I'm a- 500 a night. <laughs> I've got no dignity left. Yeah, we'll be doing it. I'll be straight in the uh, Indian nightclub with a bucket of, bucket of coins. Terrible. Yeah. Um, well, I, I walk past the blocks every night from at work. At around about midnight, the blocks are trying to get... Uh, in. I live in, in Central Town, and it's effectively what you would call the Gay Street slash Red Light District. You know, there's a lot of um, massage parlours. I know where you live. I know where you live. <laughs> I had to, when I got my house, I had to prove I wasn't a, a rent boy, which is quite funny. Yeah. I don't know how you prove that you're not. Well, how did you? I know. I don't know. Showed terrible handjob technique. I don't know. I don't know, is, how it, I don't know how it works. The thing is... They, they did due diligence, basically. And the person who, who was getting the house before me 
apparently turned out he did have a lot of, uh, you know. But did you not? I mean, a lot I of readies around. I, I, I often get criticised by listeners of our Uber. The servicing rent boys. No, no about listeners of our Uber. Mm. That I criticise you too much, and I take the piss out of you, and it is always very affectionate. But they know. do, but yeah, and you yeah, are a good friend. Yeah. But so maybe I, I do, I do sometimes go a little bit too far, and I, I do. That's the context of what I'm about to say. I do right. understand that, but do you not think when you're about to rent a house, yeah, and as part of that process, you have to prove to a stranger that you're not a prostitute? Do you not think at any point my life shouldn't have gone down this road? I just say the word primo to myself. Primo location, I say. Yeah, yeah. Primo prostitute location. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> if I get in here, mate, I'm gonna make a fucking bomb. What um, little boy's bum? Um, Peter. Oh, I've got a little boy's bum. I know um, you have. Yeah, yeah I've got. A bum. I told you that. I've got a bum. Um, so yeah. Um, what are you gonna say? Apart from me having a, a lovely pert uh, bot bot. Um, yeah, the blokes who try and get uh, men into um, not in shops, effectively. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're just kind of into brothels, I, basically. Into brothels. Yeah. I just wonder. They're out there from phew, ten p.m. until like five a.m. in the morning, right? And I wonder how much a how much money they get from the from the massage parlors and the brothels. Yeah, what? Like, it can't be more than like a tenner, can it? Because like. But they're out there for hours, so they must make their. They must have to get at least say minimum wage is like what, um, like minimum, minimum living wage is like twelve be, quid. I don't think they're going to be governed by them. Um, a good friend of mine is in charge of the enforcement of the minimum wage all over the all over the UK. I wouldn't have thought that employment <laughs> is covered by that. No, but what I would say is they have to make it worth their while to be out all night um, soliciting for men. Do they? What do you mean? Well, maybe I just. Well, why would they do it otherwise? Commission. That's what I mean. So that's what I mean. Commission. So like the, for every person they get in. They must get like a cheeky 10 or a cheeky 5 or something like that. But I don't know. There's enough of them and there's only limited amounts of people who uh, want to use sex workers, uh, for want of a better uh, word. Like, I just don't understand why, why it works for them. What's the difference between a tenor and a cheeky tenor? <laughs> Queen's winking. <laughs> Queen's winking. Queen's having a little wink. <laughs> going, oi, oi, what are you going to spend me on, lad or? Shall I turn, shall I take this and down a different route? Yeah. Shall I take this to a different direction? Take us to Holborn. No, I'm going to take... The seat of power. I'm going to take you to Indiana, Indianapolis. Wow. Because... Is that where the Indy 500 is? Don't Must know. be, surely. Don't surely. Know. Yeah, you'd think so. Indianapolis in Indiana. Where else are you going to put the Indianapolis 500? I'm, I'm not an expert in NASCAR, but I no. presume that's correct. <laughs> um, uh, it's got to be Indianapolis. Yeah, it's got to so, be. So, I said Indiana, Indianapolis. Indianapolis is, of course, the city. Indiana yes. is the state. Mm. Um, because, remember we talked about baseball mud last week? You did. I enjoyed you it. You're not listening. I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I switched off a bit and walk up on mud. So, where do I get some of that delicious mud? Andrew B's got in touch. B.O. Uh, he talks quite. <laughs> I don't think he likes that name. B.O. <laughs> oh, yeah, B.O. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, um, he says, oh, look, I, I, really, I was interested in your chat about, uh, about baseball mud. Thanks, thanks Andrew. Someone, oh. someone was. Well, no uh, doubt we'll get an email next week about my rent by flat. And he, he talks a bit about the mud being rubbed on the baseballs and what it's done, and apparently it's for grip for the pitcher and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But the, the part of the email I'm particularly interested in, and I hope Andrew doesn't mind if I skip to it, is he says, unfortunately for Luke and that weird guy who stealthily collects the mud, Major League Baseball... <laughs> we can talk about me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, call, we call him Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Major League Baseball is seemingly getting tired of the antiquated and strange practice of mud rubbing. Right. Uh, and so Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has admitted that he is interested in finding an alternative to the Delaware River mud and many different solutions for making a tackier ball have been considered and experimented with. Ah. This could 
mean at the end of the unique geological phenomenon of the rubbing mud and also the massive $20,000 annual windfall for the mud man? <laughs> so, what is the mud man going to do? It sounds like we got in there it'll just on, in time. It'll be on food stamps. If we were doing this show this time next year, we might not have a mud man to talk about. Uh, but think about that. Dreadful. It'd be on mud stamps, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the swamp, swamp thing. It'll just turn into the swamp thing. Yeah. Hang out. Someone's going, oh, I've lost my livelihood. That's how the swamp thing got there. Um, actually, <laughs> on a similar tack, uh, did, we, did we do with Ben Goldman's uh, egg uh, email last week? I don't think we did. It it's a, a lovely email. It does not um, ring a bell. Do not ring a bell with eggs. They will crack. Uh, no. With regards to the refrigeration of eggs, you know, we were talking about, like, should you refrigerate an egg or shouldn't you? I've always been in the opinion that you don't need to. Apparently... Uh, the, um, the, the, the ocean separates two very different uh, distinct ideas about this because eggs have a natural coating that keeps our bad things, viruses, bacteria, out of the egg and then can therefore be left out of the fridge. So that's right. why sometimes we have like poo, uh, poo on the egg and stuff like yeah. that uh, and should be uh, taken uh, and care should be taken to remove any of that stuff before the eggs are used. EU food safety regulations require eggs to be unwashed when they are collected, processed and distributed to your grocery store, thus preserving that outer coating. I love that. Do you know why I poop- love that, Pete? Because the EU has said nothing can be better than what nature's naturally provided yes. for this egg security. Mm, egg so security. Let's embrace it. Yeah. Again, don't embrace eggs. They will crack. No, yeah, they will. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 their ability to be left on the counter is fine. However, in North America, eggs are washed to make themselves uh, make them look more presentable. Chicken poop, feathers and straw is unappetizing. This destroys the coating, making the eggs vulnerable to corruption. There's no need to do that, though. I know. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, they don't look like, don't like, like the look of the uh, egg poop. I'll be honest. The only reason I put eggs in the fridge is because my fridge came with an egg holder. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They're, they're, you know, they're selling you a lie, Luke. Yeah, I Just think... by having... Six identically drilled holes in your fridge. I, I think I will stick to keeping them in the fridge because it's better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> I do. I do love an why, egg though. Why? <laughs> good to have your policy on that. What? Yeah. Um, what? Um, why are American eggs so white? I don't know. Smooth? It's a good question. Uh, is it because they've taken the layers off, Possible. and that's what it looks like after you've de? I mean, how do you even clean an egg without it cracking? Yeah. Hands on a postcard, guys. G- gently. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't know why they're white. I mean, I have noticed it because obviously I spent a bit of time over there. I have noticed that being the case. It might be because they're white. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is when they've, when they've cleaned them but, all off. What do you think about that? And, and this is what this show is all about. Do you not think that the idea of how a hen is able to develop an egg and then lay it, mm. isn't that actually an amazing thing? It is an amazing thing. And, and the more I think, and I try, as a meat, I try not to think, about where my meat comes from. People say, you should think about where your meat comes from. I was going, no, because I'd never eat meat or I'd be a vegan. Yeah, you right, <laughs> if I exactly. thought about If I thought about it, you know, there was an advert on, on the tube that was basically stating about the, um, there, was, there was basically a company basically saying that uh, supermarket hens, or supermarket chickens rather, uh, are, go from born to um, fruition in, I think it's like three weeks or something. Right. You know, and they just pile on, um, they just overfeed them, overfeed them, and they become very big, very quickly, and there's no real definition, and, and the legs are weak, and the bones are bendy, and it's just fucking a, a, a Awful, shit yeah. show, basically. Yeah. And they sort of said, uh, we don't. We um, have a longer time, and it's like 88, it's like 88 days or something. And it's like, that's still short for me. That's still under quite three short. Months. Yeah, still under three months. Yeah. So, yeah. I th- I think Interesting. For, for me, I, I do care about animals quite a lot, and I think, I think there's a, I've often said this to friends, there's a disconnect with me, almost like a cognitive dissonance between mm. how much I like to eat meat, mm. but how much I would like to not eat it. I've tried, but then yeah, I've tried to, we sound like such, you know, knobheads. Knobheads. Yeah. I don't like this, but um, 
I I think I should have a policy where I don't eat because I, I think red. I think I think beef. I, I could I could live without beef, um, but I, I'll only eat like the that, that wagyu stuff. Yeah, right. Like, I don't right. eat any other beef. I'll just eat the wagyu stuff. But you're still eating a dead animal. Yeah, but there's such little meat in a wagyu steak. You just sort of, you could biopsy that, couldn't you? What do you mean there's such little meat in it? You only because it's so expensive. You can only, oh, okay, ever, right. you can only ever afford a tiny amount. Of okay, time. right, and that'll sate you. And that'll sate. That'll sate your blood. That'll sate me bloodlust for a little while. <laughs> for another moon's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's change tack because I've got a, a, quite a funny email here. Okay, um, and it's about British awkwardness, which I think will. Hmm. It, mate, it'll play very, very well with our American demographic, okay? <laughs> no, I just think it's, I just think it's fascinating, and it ends with a question, so I want you to prepare yourself to answer this. Okay. Um, and this is from Simon Lambert. He says, the other, the other day I was leaving Waterloo Station and was stopped by a girl in the street asking for directions to the London Eye. I explained where it was, but as I was heading in the same direction, I said I'd show her. Fifty silent yards further on, mm. I again pointed the right way to go and left her to it. Um, feigning to have to have to take a phone call in order to extricate myself from the situation. As I was actually in a rush to meet somebody, I couldn't loiter for too long, so I began heading again in the same direction. Oh, no. Um, she wasn't walking very quickly, though, and I could see her just ahead of me. I reckoned if I stayed far enough behind, she wouldn't notice, but then I was thrown every time I needed to turn around a corner. She'd already made the same move as me just a few moments earlier. I thought the prudent thing to do was to try and stay out of sight, so I walked to the other side <laughs> of a number of large pillars which obscured me from her view. I started to realise how creepy and stalky it would seem if she saw me, so I decided there was nothing for it other than to power walk past her as quickly as possible, hoping for the best and never looking back. And this made <laughs> me think, what is the most ridiculous thing you chaps have ever done in the name of good old-fashioned awkward British manners? Oh, I mean, that, that, that's a really good example, sort of the awkwardness of, of saying goodbye to a friend. Yeah. And then realising that you're both walking in the same direction. So, like, oh. We'll give you time to think about it, because I've got an example similar to this. Mm. I once gave directions to someone, and I don't think I gave the directions very well. Right. This was in London. And no word of a lie, it was a guy and his girlfriend, uh, probably a bit younger than me, and no word of a lie, about a decent amount of time later, five or six minutes later, I saw them again, <laughs> and they <laughs> saw the, me. Not in the place where no, you No, and they were clearly still lost. So it was like they were, they were like, they were obviously thinking, well, this guy's rubbish at directions mm. and this is awkward. <laughs> so so I, I basically just, um, luckily. Sorry. I, no, I had headphones in, so I just pressed on pretend not to see them. So, but that is bad, isn't it? I, um, there was, um, if, was... Someone, if someone asks you for direction, you don't know the way, what do you say? I, you know what? The last three or four times I've got my phone out and uh, looked on Google Maps. Because like, it's like, it's like, well. It, and it's usually somebody um, a little bit older who doesn't doesn't have that function on their phone, and you're like, oh, it must be around here somewhere, and, and you find it and you get on, and and I think that's a nice kind of thing. I to do, do that, but yeah. it is, but it is, um, it's rather undignified. So you either know, you either know or you don't. I didn't say get your phone out. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they specifically I ask you whether that. you knew. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was this beautiful moment where uh, there was a. I used to work for a radio station called X of M, and there was a girl on there who uh, was called Samantha. Um, I didn't really need a name and shame, but I, I think it's a. <laughs> yeah, no. a well, you know, um, she. Uh, I didn't. I don't know her that well, but I'd occasionally see it around around uh, London and stuff. No, nice, nice girl. Um, it seemed quite, quite, quite nice. Anyway, um, so, she, so I knew her by name, and I think she knows me by name, and we sort of we sort of nod at each other. Anyway, there was this beautiful moment when she was walking towards me up uh, Berwick Street, and I was walking towards her, and I had no. I didn't want to talk to her. You know, I don't know that well. I was like, I've got nothing to talk to her about. I was never going to stop and say, hey, what's going on? And you're a bit more awkward than I would be. I oh, yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, yeah I'm, I'm terribly, I'm racked with guilt that nobody wants to talk to me anyway. And, and 
and I was talking to her, she was talking to me, and she did this beautiful, I saw her first, and then did that kind of classic look away, but look out of the corner of your eye at this person, just in case they're looking, then you can give them a nod. Yeah. And a double take, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. But what actually transpired is, I clocked her first, so I had my peepers on her, through my peripheral vision, and she did a glorious, look at me, look up to the right, and pretend I did not see you, Pete. Oh, what? And I was like, Oh, you... when I didn't want to talk to her anyway. I didn't want to say hello to her anyway. Bless her. But do you think you're reading too much into that? It was pretty. She was eating a sandwich. Was it blatant? It was pretty blatant. It oh. was like head up, head up and right. Were you offended by it? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Oh, it's fair enough. Yeah, never mind. Well, if she's listening, maybe we can have some <laughs> sort of reunion. <laughs> that is excellent. Let's go. But I was just like, I was just like, you didn't need to do that because I didn't necessarily want to talk anyway. Did I you say anything about it? I screamed, screamed at swear words. I did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I just told everyone I knew and podcast listeners. As yeah, well. well, every single one of our every podcast listeners that, now yeah. knows. Oh, have you got time for one more email? Yeah, go on. Let's squeeze it in. No, you do it. You do oh, one. all right then. Well, shall we go for? Uh, well, uh, well, I was going to get a Mencata out, but uh, let's go. Oh, no, do a let's go, Well, let's go over a street hero, and then we'll go do a Mencata. Well, you finish. told me this is supposed to be an email special, and you've done nothing about the email special side of it. I you... have. I've just. I read about three emails out. We right. do that every week. All right. Well, let's do a Mencata. That's an email suggestion. Okay. Okay. Here's the Mencatas. Oh, Mencarters. This is such a. This show is the loosest of themes. What do you mean? You well, it started I mean. off all taut. Yeah, I prefer it like But this. then it's, I, think it's, I think it's good. I'll I prefer right. it. <laughs> what do you mean? You prefer it like this? I think it's good. I prefer it being loose and, loose and, loose and ready. Exactly. If it, was, if it was a 90s boy band, it'd be let loose. <laughs> if it, oh, I can't. No, I can't. Yeah, it's been a long day. been a long day. I just looked directly into the light, and I really shouldn't have, because no. I all can't see the screen in front of me. But they're halogen, though. <laughs> 4,000 watts. <laughs> so my bloody eyes. Yeah. Right now. Uh, Mark. Hello, Mark. Um, hello, chaps. Hello, Mark. Says Mark. Uh, your chat about the phenomena of uh, phone sharing in rural Ireland. Actually, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. You know what? This is, this is the one, actually. It's not even him. Tim. This is Tim. Ignore what I just said. Ignore, um, uh, Mark, we'll get to yours in a bit. Uh, Mencarta. Uh, Tim says, uh, my wife Stacey got me listening to you guys and uh, the greedy C-word mam story from the first podcast uh, I adored. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely a correct highlight. Definitely a highlight, definitely a highlight, yeah. Uh, By way of paying you back for the hours of entertainment you provided, I submit to you the story of the detective who was uniquely suited to the task of finding a mad killer. Have you heard of uh, Robert Ledru? No. I'm going to say, it would be Robert Ledru. He's a French But policeman. it might be your pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> in 1887, uh, I'm going to say Robert, because Robert is silly. Robert Ledru, uh, a, a French police detective, was asked to investigate the murder of André Monet on the beach at Le Havre. You're very good at this. Um, examining... As a man who doesn't speak French, this sounds brilliant. <laughs> examining the evidence, the fatal bullet and some footprints, he decided that he himself had been sleepwalking on the beach and fired the fatal shot. No he turned way. himself in. No way. He turned himself and in. And was it actually him? So again. Was it him? Well, while he was in jail, he was given a gun loaded with blanks. One night, he got up and fired at one of the guards at point-blank range. Huh. This convinced the authorities he was telling the truth about his sleepwalking. From then until his death, he lived on a farm outside Paris under a 24-hour watch. Well, hang on a minute. He's not gone away for that, then. Well, he's got, I presume he went away for a little while. I mean, there'd be some kind, there'd be some kind of extension of, you know, you wouldn't just, oh, well, you've proved, we've given you a gun in prison for some reason that yeah. you know you've got. 
and you've got up and you've shot someone. But philosophically, this is interesting because mm. ultimately it's still that human being that committed that crime. Yeah. And finally, if you're well, it's a different between manslaughter and murder, isn't it? And conscious kind of, yeah. But manslaughter isn't that. Manslaughter is that it was the, the as far as I understand it, manslaughter is the outcome of your actions mm. to no, through no sort of planning on your side have resulted in someone's death. Yeah. So, um, a murder is obviously premeditated, which is different. You intended mm. to kill them and then you killed them. So this Could you be... premeditate the murder and then do it in your sleep? Well, well, quite exactly. I think there was a case fairly recently of a guy who I think tragically killed his wife in his sleep. Yeah, that rings a bell, And successfully yeah. argued that it was in his sleep and he had was nothing it, to do with it. I think, did he just roll over and just start throttling or something? Like that? It's something harrowing anyway. It, but it, like... It's obviously, we're probably not qualified to get all Freudian about it, but your subconscious essentially still counts as part of you. So if you've committed the crime, you've committed the crime, in my opinion. There was a picture I put on the WhatsApp uh, group of uh, a little boy who <laughs> would, for whatever reason, because kids are mad, uh, would open his drawer and wee in the drawer. Right. Did I just send you that? It was like a little kid no. busy. His mum, after a few weeks, would go, what the bloody hell does that smell? And she opened the bottom drawer in his room. <laughs> and the kid had just been weeing in the bottom of his drawer. Yeah. Um, instead of going to the toilet. For whatever daft reason kids have to do yeah. that sort of thing. But the, when I was a kid, when I was like, I don't know, about... Well, I can't, I can't have been older than three or four. I would open my drawer and wee into the contents. Why? At, at night. I don't know. It was like a sleepwalking thing. And yeah. I would just wee into the thing. And my mum would obviously go mental. Like, yeah. it's a weird kind of thing. And I, I didn't wee in a cupboard. Sometimes I'd walk downstairs and go, just go to the toilet. And my mum would have to sort of pick me up and, 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 and run into the bathroom because I'd just, like, I'd just walk into the room. And uh, I, I was once after a Queens of Stone Age gig in Birmingham. I mean, you weren't three or four then? No. Yeah. No, no, let's not very clear. I, um, it's so weird on this one. Like, genuine, like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad it kind of ended like this, but um, I woke up um, sleepwalking. Um, I was in my, a friend's house, massive kind of Victorian terraced house, like seven bedrooms, like a huge place. Yeah. And I'd gone to the loo and where the bedroom is next to the toilet is where I w- is where my um, bedroom is, and secondly, bed is in it would be in my own house. You know right? What I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the only reason why I thought this is the, this is the, this is the situation because I got I basically got the loo basically asleep, walked into what I thought was my bedroom, just fell asleep on my bed, and. There was a there was a girl in this bed, one of my friend's housemates. I have a few questions, <laughs> and she only knew I was there because I was pushing her out of the bed with my arm. I said, "Get out of my bed!" Oh, really? Get out of my bed. Was she understanding about this behaviour? She could have gone insane. Yeah. But you know, she originally thought it was like her boyfriend who lived downstairs, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like just a mess. But you're very embarrassed about that, weren't you? Well, I you know I just I, was, I came out. I was like like. Like it's it's a horrifying story, really. Yeah, but yeah. I can only sort of remember sort of being led back in the room. And and she she said the only reason why I knew that is, is because you were literally just with your hand just pushing my head out of the bed and sort of get out, yeah, and telling her to get out of the bed because I was like, and I just sort of clearly just walked, um, kind of like automation, and I just slept, started snoozing in that bed. Um, weird. It is. That is weird. So, and I mean, and I, how? Do, but like you know, if, thought, if the authorities get involved at that point, you're like, well, that, what? Not, what can you possibly get? What can you possibly explain? No there? one's pressing charges. <laughs> is, don't worry she about it. She could do historically. She could do. Um, Terrible. I, I, I believe your story. And, and, and no. the subconscious is a weird thing because whenever I have a dream now about anything, it's mm. always set in the house I grew up in. Yeah. So even if the even if the people 
um, I'm dreaming about are relatively new to my life or modern or whatever. Mm. The setting is always the house I grew up in. It yeah, never yeah, yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second point is on the sleepwalker thing. My dad says, I don't know if this is true, but he, he likes to take the piss. He said, and I remember the living room in the house we grew up in. Obviously, my parents would be sat on the sofa watching TV while I'd already be in bed. Mm. But their back would be to the door of the living room. And on more than one occasion, my dad would be sat there watching TV at, say, 10 p.m. Yeah. And he would just get a tap on the shoulder, <laughs> turn around, and it'd be me sleepwalking, just tapping him on the shoulder. I mean, to be fair, Luke, uh, I presume you're a little blonde, curly baby. And my hair wasn't curly then, it was straight, but right. blonde, yeah, yeah. I just can, can imagine you looking a bit like like a Victorian ghost. Yeah, it would be, yeah. It would be like, exactly <laughs> hello, like that. And my dad said it was father. terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying, yeah. But, um, and <laughs> my the, little ghost baby. Have you seen that? There's a... There's a um, it might be a Facebook page or some some sort of social media page dedicated to the really creepy and horrible things that toddlers have said and they don't realise what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be like, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's worth checking out. It'll be stories from parents, yeah, things yeah, that yeah. kids have said, right? And I remember one, which is um, um, a kid um, talking nonsense, like complete gibberish um, to someone to their mum but sort of off to the side looking in a different direction there's no one else in their room and uh, <laughs> and the mum's saying oh I don't understand what you're talking about to, to the baby whatever the, the toddler but say she's called Daisy well, I don't know mm. what you're talking about Daisy and, uh, and Daisy Daisy says that's because I'm not talking to you I'm talking to the devil on your shoulder <laughs> it's, like, it's like what that is so cool yeah I know that sort of a stuff. war is coming yeah exactly, that sort of thing there's loads of them it's really funny there's uh, Matt Dyson friend of uh, another podcast we do he um, I like Matt he's, he's the guy who got caught talking about avocados on the news yeah that's he, fantastic he, that's true yeah really he, good he was, caught on a hot mic, was he was caught on a hot mic let me tell the story really quick because it's really funny <laughs> so Matt Dyson's a newsreader on a radio station in London and the mic, what, what Pete means by a hot mic is the mic was live before his bulletin and he didn't realise. So mm. he got caught in the studio talking when he shouldn't have been. But... I mean, bear in mind how extreme conversations can get in exactly. a studio. Like, the things that we talk about off air, uh, it, like the things that everyone talks about off air can be quite... It, not extreme, but, it, but it, you know, if you're talking, I don't know, ironically or sarcastically or something like that, it's not going to sound great. But, like, he literally was just talking about it's about 45 seconds of, of, of the deal he got buying avocados from the supermarket. Yeah, just give it the big one about his avocado. I love and like, it. And how he's sort of going, people call it avocado pears, but that's just rubbish. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's he could have is. said that was shit. Yeah, I know. That yeah. was effing shit. But, but no, he, just, he, just, he literally just went, that's just rubbish. But he's a lovely guy, isn't he? That's probably he's why. He's very sweet, so go on, carry on. But his, his, uh, his daughter um, is convinced she, uh, who's about three, uh, is convinced that she had a, uh, a previous life. Huh. And it's really spooking the crap out of her. Oh, really? And his mum probably going, like, they're Googling, like, the names that she's come out with and stuff. I was in different clothing then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was when you worked down the mines. Yeah. yeah they, wrote, sort of they wrote a piece in, uh, she's got a website called The Mother Lord. So if you're a new right. mum or a new father, it's quite an interesting read. They're quite funny people. And you've got a psychotic child of your own. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Really add, it, yeah. add it to the comment section yeah. in themotherlord.com. There we go. On that note, we should get <laughs> yeah. out of it, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Goodness yeah. me, it's at the time already. Yeah. Uh, this has been uh, the Luke and Pete Show. Episode 22? Yes. Episode if, 22. If anything we've talked about today, and I admit that it's unlikely, but if anything we've talked mm. about today has particularly um, rattled your cage and you yeah. want to get in touch, whether it be battery brands, yeah. psychotic young children. Not, not the authorities in Birmingham in no. the late 90s, early 90s. Sleep, well, on that note, sleep sleepwalking. Uh, any of the other stuff we've talked about. Do uh, get in touch. Uh, hello at lukeandpeacher.com. We are on Twitter and all the rest of that stuff. Instagram. Tell all your friends. 
Uh, if you like the show, do spread the word and uh, we will speak to you soon. Mm. I, the point is I'd never met the woman before. I didn't yeah. know a woman slept in that room. I didn't know it was a room. It was just, uh, uh, yeah. Come on now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.